Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Neil Haney. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. welcome you. This is uh, Vision Sunday, so things are going to be a little different this morning than normal. Um, we are uh, going to have a, a, a dinner afterwards, so you're all invited to, uh, after the service, to go downstairs to uh, the, um, the cafe fellowship area and, and enjoy that meal with us. So um, just welcome again, and uh, so glad you're here. And I want to go ahead and put up the uh, the blessing, offering, blessing. Uh, we're just going to share this together. This is really powerful, and so I just want to want to pray this, and I uh, want to say that at the end of the service, I announced this last week, we're going to have a special offering uh, to make up uh, uh, some of the deficit that we came into the year with, um, and we'll be talking about the, the budget and everything in a little bit. But let's just let's just pray this together uh, as we as we uh, give our tithes and offerings this morning. As we receive today's offering, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decreased, and blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord. For meeting all my financial needs, that I have more than enough to give to your, the kingdom of God and to promote, promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, just last week, Dev and I got a, a check back from the IRS uh, for an overpayment on our taxes for almost $800. So, uh, yeah, praise the Lord. So, um, this morning... Uh, I want to go ahead and ask uh, the guys, yeah, they're passing out the, this is the text for the morning. Uh, it has uh, the NIV on one side, and it has the Passion Translation on the other, and that's going to be my text as Wes and I share. So this morning as we share um, just, you know, what we feel like is the Lord's vision for a church this coming year, uh, I'm going to be doing kind of the spiritual aspects of things. Wes is going to be doing more of the practical, uh, logistical side of things. But uh, we're in agreement. Uh, it's been a joy uh, to work with my son. Uh, this is, it's almost exactly six months to the day that Wes came on staff. And uh, really blessed by having him back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a joy having him back. And, and he hit the ground running, guys. I'm not kidding you. He has put in so many. I didn't realize the work ethic that this, this young man has until uh, he came back and and just started, uh, you know, just pouring his, his life into this church. And uh, uh, so anyway, it's, it's a joy to have him back, and, and it's a joy to be your pastor. I've, I'm, um, I'm about to celebrate my 32nd anniversary as pastor of this church. That's, yeah. So uh, what, what a joy to be a part of that, uh, part, part of this, part of what God's doing. And I truly believe with all my heart that our best days as a church are ahead of us. And I believe that we're going to be explaining that in a moment. But you're Gideon's army. I believe that the reason you're here is because God is going to use you 
and us together to do great things. Uh, and, and I believe that we will have international influence. I know that, you know, right now we're, we're, we haven't even really penetrated Northridge, let alone Springfield and Clark County. But I believe that before this is all said and done, in the next 10 years, actually, because I, I don't plan to be here past uh, 71. So I'll be passing the torch off to Wes or somebody at a certain point, you know, 10 years from now. But these next 10 years, I am going to pour my heart into this church. And so um, I want to put on the screen, if we could, the budget for this coming year. Uh, just take a look at this, and as Wes gets his mic taken care of here. Um, so this is kind of the breakdown of the budget. Uh, you know, and, and one of the things that you're going to notice is personnel is like over half the budget. That's because we brought on an associate pastor, and we're still small. But um, Phil Shank prophetically said a year and a half ago that we needed a young person, a young man or young woman who would come in and help us reach the, the culture that we're in. And, and, uh, and so Wes and Lily kind of, we, we kind of got a twofer in a way because Lily has been pouring herself into this place as well. But um, we, we really prophetically uh, believe God that we should step out in faith and bring an associate on full time to really give himself... Uh, and themselves to what we're trying to do. And so missions uh, is below 10%, which we're not happy about. But for this year, we're in an adjustment period. And we are going to adjust. And we're going to raise that above 10% again in the very near future. In fact, next year, I believe I want that back up above 10%. Uh, nurture is right at 4%. Uh, and that's the ministries that we do. And we don't spend a lot of money on our ministries, but we're going to as Wes is going to talk about later. Um, you know, there's office stuff. As I said, personnel is about 63%. We want to see that really drop, not because we're, we don't have Wes with us, but because we're, we're really God's blessing us financially and, and blessing through you and, uh, and, and, and the people that God's bringing. We're believing for 200, an average attendance of 200 by the end of the year. Again, Wes will talk about some of that in a little bit. Uh, promotion, which means... Making people aware that we're here, uh, that's something that didn't really realize until, until uh, Wes and Lily were talking about how people that are 45 and younger find churches, and that is through, as, as Wes will talk about, through social media and, and a really sweet webpage. And so uh, we're going to have to pour some money into that in order for people to know we're here. And then uh, property, we've got, we've got a really, really nice facility for a church our size. I mean, this is a super nice facility. The church I came from is a church about 600, and um, they don't have a building. They meet in high school. Yeah. And, and honestly, that was the, I would wake up at 4.30 a.m. every morning on Sunday because we had to set up all of, basically, everything we use here, the lights, the screens, the drums, the sound system, every Sunday. And then we'd have to tear it down. So I would get there at 4.30, I wouldn't leave till 3, and we'd do two services. And this, having a building is like one of the most, you just don't even think about it because that's all we've ever known. Right. But when, when the second you don't, you realize how much of a blessing it is to like have access to this building every, during the week to change things, to improve things. To, and it just, man, it's such a blessing. And this building is amazing. It actually, like it really the way it's laid out, the way it's, the, uh, the shape of the auditorium, just everything, everything about it is just yeah. awesome. So it is a blessing. Yeah. 
Thanks for that perspective, bro. And in savings, uh, we want to have that up to about 50% in the next two years. So anyway, <laughs> so we're, we're not saving for anything but just to, to pour into the community, pour into uh, the things that, you know, the building needs. Uh, we're ultimately going to need a new roof, a new, we're going to need to expand and pave the parking lot. Uh, we've got some projects in mind, and Wes, again, will talk about all that. So that's the budget. If you want a more detailed breakdown of that, uh, and, and one of the things I want to say is we give a lot to local missions. We give a lot to the, the um, umbrella ministries under Nehemiah Foundation, which includes um, things like uh, the Marriage Resource Center, which is now called Encompass because they're trying to include children and parenting in that. Uh, things like uh, the, um, uh, the Rescue Center for Women, the, what's it called? Um, Safe, Harbor. Safe Harbor House. Uh, we give to that. We give to all kinds of children and youth ministries downtown. Uh, it used to be called Skim West. It's uh, Springfield uh, Youth Missions. And uh, we, we a jail ministry, so forth. And so we, we give a lot to local ministries. We're supporting the Tabasron uh, Bible Translation and the North Caucasus, uh, just reaching unreached people groups. We've uh, supported the Bookers. By the way, the Bookers are here with us this morning, right over here. Yeah. Kevin and Kristen and, and the family, so good to have you with us this morning, and uh, we're, we're also still supporting uh, Delinda Gloria Hoover down in, 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 in Carmelinda, and she just got married, by the way, and uh, the supporting them in uh, what they're doing there in, in uh, Costa Rica. So uh, enough about the, the budget, but we just wanted you to kind of know what's going on there and if you, uh, if you want more details, uh, we will make available to you uh, the, the, a detailed budget, just contact the church and, and Lynn will shoot you a copy or whatever, but uh, you can have that. I want to transition now into what I believe is the focus for 2020 and beyond, because I believe that this is how we're going to function as a church until Jesus returns, and it's going to be good, guys. It's going to be good. So you received a little, a little handout there. Uh, I want you to look on the side that has the NIV, not the NHV, not the Neil Haney version, but the New International Version. Uh, and uh, it's just three verses from Matthew 11, uh, verses 28 through 30. It says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> yeah. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, I want to um, I want to unpack this, but I I want to do it in uh, the message translation. Uh, When I was going through a really rough time a few years back, um, the pastor who ministered to me uh, gave me this verse out of the Message Bible, and it really helped me like slow down and take a breath and recover from what I was dealing with because part of the burnout that I was experiencing was just carrying the load of pastoring this church. And I was carrying most of the load. And I was taking responsibility for every single thing that went wrong. And, uh, you know, it felt like at the time not a lot was going right. So um, you can imagine what that felt like. And so I want you to look at this translation on... The backside here, Matthew uh, eleven twenty eight through thirty in the Message translation. What's that? Yeah. So here it is. 
I wanted, I wanted you to be able to take this with you when you left and just read both sides during your devotions for the next, you know, 15 years. <laughs> Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Religion is, is jumping through hoops for God, which we're not going to do in this church. We're not going to do that. Jesus said, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Now, what's the solution to that? Come to me. Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Yeah. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Now, this, this next phrase just wrecks me. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Isn't that beautiful? The unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Just love that. So I'm just going to take a minute to unpack this, and then I'll hand it over to Wes. But... As we look into the future, as we look at uh, the vision for the next years ahead of us, this is how I want us to live. This is how I want us to bear fruit. This is how I want us to accomplish God's will. And it's through a relationship, a deep, intimate relationship with Christ, abiding in Him, resting in Him, yoked with Him, in union with Him, letting Him do the heavy lifting, letting Him do the work. So I believe this year, the Lord is calling us, and every other year from now on, first of all, number one, to come to Him. Come to Him. So are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. (laughs) Come to me. Get alone with me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. And I'll show you how to take a real rest. Um, Did you know that, that no one who walks with the Lord... And, and abides in him, and does it right, ever burns out. God will never burn you out. If you're burned out, that's your fault. Now, <laughs> the solution is to come to Jesus. Because the one who gave you life is the one who will refresh your life. I love when David says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm just a sheep. And there's nothing in that psalm that has anything to do with work. He says, come to me, I mean, he says, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want of any good thing. That's what it literally means in the Hebrew. I shall not want be in want of any good thing. Like anything I need, he's going to provide. And then he says this, you make me, you make me. I love that. Sometimes I just say, Lord, make me lie down in green pastures. Because I don't want to do it on my own. I'm like a little kid that doesn't want to go to bed. Worn out, exhausted, tired, just fried. And he doesn't want to go to bed, or she doesn't want to go to bed. Anybody experience that with your kids? I still don't, yeah. I I hate sleeping. I'm like, no. I could be doing stuff. (laughs) Wes was always that way, man. He never wanted to go to bed. So make me lie down in green pastures. Lead me beside quiet waters. When you're drinking the waters of the Spirit, man, it's just so good, refreshing. You restore my soul. Wow. Anybody here feel like you need your soul restored this morning? I, I, I know I do. I just, you know, I can give so much and do so much and run so much, and the Lord is calling on me to slow down. And I'll show you how to take a real rest. Yeah. I love that. And then he says, number two, walk with him. 
walk with him. Man, that's, uh, that's intimate relationship right there. Just side by side, walking together. You remember when God created us? Remember the story in, in Genesis chapter 2? It says a couple things there. First of all, he created us on the sixth day. So at the end of the day, he had created us. We were the last thing to be created. And then what was the first thing that happened after that? It was the seventh day. The evening and the morning of the seventh day, and God rested from all his labors, we entered the scene just as God is taking his rest. So we start out at a place of rest. And what did it say that, that Adam and Eve did with God then? They walked with him in the garden. It's a beautiful picture of just taking a leisurely stroll through the beauty of God's, of God's creation. That's kind of what he wants. That's how he restores our soul. By the way, one of the ways that we can rest is just to, to take a walk in nature, man. Just try that. It's really good stuff. Number three, work with him. He says, work with me and watch how I do it. Working, you know, so when Jesus would work, let's just take the, for example, one of the first stories in the Bible about Jesus doing anything work-wise. He shows up at, at Peter's church and uh, he, he, he heals a couple of people, cast out some demons, and then goes home to have lunch with, with uh, Peter whose mother-in-law is sick in bed with a fever, he casts that thing out and heals her. And then everybody in town at sundown, it says that they brought all their sick and infirmed and demon-possessed, and he healed them all and delivered them all. And the next thing you hear about Jesus is he's in a quiet place, a deserted place by himself, refreshing himself in his Father's presence. He worked, then he rested. And then the disciples came and they're like, Jesus... Everybody's looking for you. They want you to come and do some more healing and some more miracles and more stuff. And he's like, no, the the father said it's time to leave here. We need to go somewhere else. He was with the father. He knew what was next, but he rested. And then when he sent out the the 12 and then the 70, when they came back, he said, now let's go to a quiet place and rest. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to to take, in just a moment, I'm going to have you take a deep breath in, and then I'm going to tell you what to do. But I want to explain something. There's the the unforth unforced rhythm of his grace is worked and rest, worked and rest. When we're working with him, we watch how he does it, he works and then he rests. And he, re- he does the work relying on the Holy Spirit. It's ne- it's Jeff Pinkleton, uh, the leader of the gathering in, in Miami Valley, spoke here on the last Sunday of, of, uh, of last year. And I believe it was a prophetic word to our church. He spoke on the, the acronym ORS, overflow, uh, abide, rest, and solitude. And um, overflow is, we don't overwork, we overflow. We, we pour out what, we, what, what, what God pours in through his spirit. We pour that out. It's always enough. We always have enough. Jesus says, anyone who thirsts, let him come to me and drink. drink. And th- in, from its innermost being will flow rivers of living water. We overflow into people's lives. And then we abide in him. We bear much fruit. We rest. We rest. We be with him. We rest. And, and then uh, we spend time in silent, you know, silence and solitude with him. And then we come out ready to... to so here's the thing. This is how... I, I, I want to show you what it feels like to, to give out and not ever, like, recharge or, or take back in. So the, the rhythm of his grace is to give out and then rest and then, and then infill and then, 
and then give out again. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a big breath right now on three. One, two, three. Big breath. Now breathe out. Now don't take another breath in. Breathe out again. Now breathe out again. Now breathe out again. You see how hard that is? If you're not breathing in, you can't breathe out. If you're not taking in God's spirit and resting and refreshing, you'll pass out, you'll burn out. But, But you can't just keep exhaling and never inhaling. And so the rhythms of God's grace is work and then rest. Work and then rest. Rest and then work. And then number four, learn from him. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Just learn how Jesus does it. He's never going to burn you out. He's never going to make this hard on you. Uh, we'll go through tough times, sure. We'll, we'll, there, there are times that we'll give a lot. But he always wants to refresh us. He always wants to make us lie down in green pastures and lead us beside still waters and restore our soul. Because that's the unforced, unforced, unforced rhythms of his grace. The, the enemy is a slave driver. Jesus is a shepherd who leads. He always goes before us. He doesn't drive us. He leads us. And then number five, this is my best, here's, this is the best part of all. Be yoked with him. Be yoked with him. Two animals yoked together are pulling in the same direction. And Jesus wants to be that big animal that, that, that there's always, it seems like there's always a, an older ox or, or horse that's yoked with a younger, weaker horse and, and the older one and the, the bigger one is always training the younger one how to, how to do this and where to go and, and how, to, how to do this together. And, and so Jesus says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. A yoke that is heavy or, or tight that chafes your neck, is, it's horrible. Can you imagine being a horse or an oxen that's in an ill-fitting yoke that's chafing its neck and it's pushing and it's bleeding and its neck is being burned and chafed. It's just awful. Jesus said, I won't do that to you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's never going to wear you out. And so he wants us to be yoked with him because he's going to do the lion's share of the work. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Guys, we got a lot of work to do. And the Holy Spirit wants to do some amazing stuff in and through this church. But he's not going to burn us out in the process. I'm not going to ask you to do anything that's ill-fitting or, or that's going to wear you out or burn you out. <clears throat> I promise you. I've been there. It's not worth it. And I'm not going to burn out or wear out or, or overwork. I take Mondays off. You guys have been wonderful not to bother me on Monday. It's Deb's day off, too. We usually, uh, you know, sleep a little later. I used to usually have a little extra time with the, in the, with the Lord. We go out to breakfast or brunch. And, uh, and we just spend the day being together and just resting. And that's part of that unforced rhythm. We have to have that day of rest. And you guys have not, you've not bothered us on that day off. And I want to thank you for that. Because this is how we want to live. This is how we're going to move forward. This is how we fight our battles. (laughs) We're praising him. We're thanking him. And and I want you to know this. We are praying. I am praying. I want you to pray that God will do through this church 
do through our lives, in our lives and through our lives, in this church and through this church, all that he wants to do. Because, guys, I believe that God has some great things ahead for us. But we're not, we don't need to be scared or worried or overwhelmed because he's going to do it his way. And that's a good way. Bless. You guys good? Cool. So um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about kind of practical logistical stuff. So this is not as much going to be about the spiritual aspect of things, even though it has much to do with that. Um, so I want to actually start with a quote. There's a, there's a pastor of a church. His church went from 40 to 503 years, yep. um, which sounds awesome. <laughs> um, and so he said, did you know that 85% of churches in North America are either stagnant or in decline? That's, that's attendance, by the way. Um, it's not because they're dead or bad churches. In fact, most of these churches are simply missing one thing, an effective way to consistently reach new people. Yeah. Uh, most churches are focused on improving their existing systems and structures while their attendance goes down week after week after week, which is kind of like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. <laughs> That's a pretty hardcore statement right there. Um, but it's true. Uh, and so... Um, Realistically, um, we have been in that place for probably the last, I don't know, 10 years, maybe less, a little bit less. I would say probably 2012 to like 2019, probably. We'll just refer to that as the dark ages. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we're not in them anymore. We're in 2020. We're moving forward. So um, raise your hand if you want this church to grow. Raise your hand if you want to see God do amazing stuff, yeah. right? Yep. We're all on the same page, and, and I'm so glad about that. Some people actually really are just wanting to be a part of a really small church that really has no impact and be really comfortable yep. and be really okay with where they're at. But I think all of us really want amazing things for not only this church, but for the body, for the community, yep. for the city, for our country, yeah. for this globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we press into those things in that order, God will give us favor and he's going to bless us so that we can do that. Yeah. So, um, but the first, one of the points on the um, budget was promotion. And we've actually never had a budget for that before. Right. Um, what did you call it again? Uh, what? The, hold on a second. <laughs> this is going to be really candid, by the way. So, um, oh, right, right, right. Raising the awareness level. That's a really good, that's a really good, um, that's a really good like term for promotion because promotion can sound like, hey, look at us. We're awesome. But it's, it's actually more like, hey, we exist because yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, people just need to know we're here. Right. So we need to realize that culture has changed mm-hmm. in the last 10 years, probably starting around like 2008 ish. Yeah. 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 Um, people don't just go to church anymore. And we actually, our church actually felt that, like a, a lot of churches did, yeah. even the church yeah. I was going to yeah. um, uh, before, they, like people started asking the question, why do I go to church? Because <laughs> before it was the culture, like you just went to church and that's what right. you did. Even yeah. if you really didn't believe or you didn't, it wasn't something that was really important to you, you would go to church. Yeah. Um, but that stopped happening. Mm-hmm. And so basically... Your church didn't just grow from people coming anymore. Right. So if there was no way to reach out to people, your church was shrinking, basically. Yep. Um, so what's actually really interesting, too, is we need to be able to answer, 
why do, why do I need to go to church? <laughs> we need to be able to answer that question for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think dad just did, basically. Um, so, but, um, so I'm going to kind of break it down how we're going to do this, how we're going to promote. So the first way is through social media. And um, Facebook has 3 billion users. That's, that's close to half the world's population. <laughs> That is absolutely crazy. So basically, on Facebook, if you promote yourself, or if you promote your organization, or if we promote our church, you have access to like half of the world's population. That's incredible. Instagram has 1 billion. Twitter has 1.5 billion. So there's, I mean, social media is, you are able to reach incredible amounts of people just right from your computer. And, and I think churches, the churches who understand that and who are utilizing that are really, really seeing fruit. Yeah. Uh, it's not really about, like, um, trying to make your church big. It's more just being like, hey, we exist. We, like, like, people, okay, let me step back for a second. Northridge isn't very big. How many people live in Northridge? 4,000, 4, something, like something like that. So if nobody comes to Northridge, unless they live here, most likely, or unless they go to the bank or IGA or something like that for some reason. So only 4,000 people realistically would know our church existed, besides if they've gone here before, things like that. So we need a way to let all the other people in Springfield know, in Urbana and all these other people who would want to come to our church be, know that we exist. Because... Right now, we actually don't have a way to do that. We have a website, but the only, people, the only reason people know about the website is if they come to the church and we say, hey, we have a website. Um, so, so basically, social media is one of the best ways to do that. Uh, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to redo the website. Um, websites are a make-or-break tool for your church. Right. Like, it's now the face of your church. It is. And in fact, so Zach Sturzenbach, anybody know who Zach Sturzenbach is? Love that guy. So he goes to a church now in Cincinnati called Queen City Church, and it's an amazing church. It's quickly growing. It's, um, they meet in a high school, which is kind of funny. But we, Zach invited us to go to a worship night on a Sunday night, so me and Lily went, and on our way there, we looked up their website, and it was amazing. I was like, this looks sweet. <laughs> and I was super excited to go. But had we seen a really unprofessional kind of lame-looking website, I would have actually had the opinion or had the idea in my head that their church probably wasn't that awesome. It's very interesting that before someone will even step foot in your church building, they'll have an opinion of your church just based on your website. And we're talking young people. That, yeah. We're talking 40. between the ages of 20 and 45 is yeah. typically who yeah. would look at a website, yeah. um, which is, I mean, if you want your youth and you want your children's ministries to grow that's kind of the age you want coming so that, you know, you're building the future of your church. Right. Um, we're not saying we don't, you know, don't go if you're over 45, but it's, it's more like, you know, if we want to see real growth and we want our ministries to grow around our church too, we want people to come who have kids. We want people to come who are having babies. We want people to come who are single and who are looking to get married and find a church. Right. So, and people um, who have teenagers. Yeah. Right. So um, the other thing that we, honestly have been doing a horrible job at, even in Northridge, is street promotion. (laughs) When people drive past our church, they literally see what they saw 15 years ago. And when that happens, 
it becomes a completely blank space in your mind. You don't even think about it. It's background noise. It's just background noise, exactly. So there, we're going to be doing two things to, um, to change that. One of the things that we're going to be getting is, um, they're called teardrop signs. They're, they're these signs you stick in the ground, um, basically with service times, and that say, like, welcome, and all this different stuff, kind of basically to grab people's attention, uh, to say, you know, hey, um, our church exists. <laughs> and then the other thing is, this year, we've actually budgeted... Um, to have a new sign. And here's a picture of it. Uh, at least this is a um, little bit of a, a mock-up of it. Uh, so this is going to be five or four and a half, five feet by seven feet, I think. Uh, and the, the vineyard, um, word, vineyard Northridge, that will be backlit. So um, this is a pretty awesome and pretty expensive project. Uh, but I think what happens is as soon as somebody sees that on the street, right, after they've just driven past this place for the past 15 years and haven't noticed a change, they see that, they're going to think something's happening there, yeah. and they're going to want to check it out, right? Yeah. So that's the whole point of this. Also, it has our address on it, which I realized that our sign now doesn't have that. So, so many people, it's like, yeah, just come to the, this address, and then they're like, is it the church? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> so, and we'll have our website there too so that when people are interested in coming, they'll be able to check our church out and um, be impressed <laughs> before even stepping foot in it. So, yeah, just say? notice that it says MasseySignArt.com. That's Doug Massey's brother yeah. who's doing this for us. And he's giving us a really good deal. Yes, this, yes, yeah. yeah. And we're super, super excited. Yeah. So, um, okay, well... Um, so updating the sign kind of leads me to another topic, which I've kind of made. So the first one was promotion, and the second one I have is called perpetual updating, which is kind of a weird topic. But um, basically, when we were in the dark ages, <laughs> we didn't really, we were kind of in survival mode. We were kind of in this mode of like, we just need to make Sunday okay, basically. And we, we didn't really change anything or do anything at all for like 10 years, basically. Yeah. And what happened is we fell behind in almost every area. And, and, and culturally, yeah. And yeah, with excellence and in terms of like staying relevant, uh, which is important to young people. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, basically the first thing I did when I came here is I walked around the building and I walked around and I made a PDF, or sorry, a Word document that was five pages long called Things to Improve at Vineyard Northridge. And um, believe it or not, I've actually crossed off about 50% of the things on that list. Um, And the reason and the way that's possible is the first six months, I made it a priority to upgrade as much as I could for as little as possible. Uh, Really. Money. Little money. little money as possible, yes. Because realistically, we're, we are in a deficit right now. Uh, so, um, like, the sound room and this room were just full of stuff. Yeah. Like, just old stuff, stuff we weren't using. So, a lot of people probably have been thinking, and I just want to clarify this, that we're in a deficit because I'm spending tons of money to improve things. Yeah. And that's actually not the case at right. all. Right. So, I've spent the last six months selling old equipment and old things we don't use anymore, old tables, old chairs. The old blue chairs that used to be in here, we actually sold them to a church uh, in Africa, and this guy is taking them over on a boat to the Congo, and they will be used <laughs> at a church there. That's pretty awesome. So, uh, But I, I sold the old soundboard. I sold 
the even older soundboard. Uh, basically, I made about four grand for the church selling things we were just having in storage, basically, uh, that we weren't using. And that's how we've been able to do most of these improvements. I think we've spent maybe $300 improving from the actual church's physical money. Uh, so just so that everyone's not super freaked out that I'm going to bankrupt the church or something. Um, and, and I just want to point out like a couple things. So the, the new computer that we've been using for the screens, uh, Jason Adams paid, Jason and Mia donated the money for that. The new screens, Rick and Lynette Reed donated the money for that. Uh, so thank you guys so much. Uh, money. <laughs> Doug Massey, <laughs> just saying, <laughs> every single like project that we've done so far. Like, every single one. He's been with me doing it, and I'm so sorry to his wife for how much time he spends here with me. <laughs> we're almost me. done here. Yeah, yeah, we're almost done, yeah. So, uh, I mean, seriously, like, hanging the screens, changing or moving the projectors, redoing this room, redoing my office, redoing the sound booth, hanging this truss. By the way, re- Kevin Booker put that truss in the... Uh, in the uh, kids' time room. Kids' time room. And we moved it in here, and we're going to do something else in there, but Wes will get to that. So. Yeah, anyways. So, basically, I, I'm, you, what I'm wanting to do is I'm wanting to make this church relevant and do things with excellence. So that not only when people look at the website, they're like, oh, this is a sweet church. Because it, it's kind of counterproductive as well. If your website looks awesome, and then people show up, and they're like, this is lame. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, what we want is we want people to come in and be like, wow, this is really impressive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, because that's actually really important to people. Doing things well, doing things with excellence, is is culturally now almost expected. Let me just say real quick that if you're sitting under a tr- the tress, you got to know that that thing is secured several different ways, yeah. so it's not going to fall. Don't worry. So each each point can hold like 900 pounds or something like that. And the, whole and the thing, tress only weighs like 400, so yeah. you're good. Yeah. But I just want, yeah, I was like, people are going to come up to me and be like, is this safe? Like, yeah, it, yeah, it, and it, every it. single light on it has, like, a wire that's holding it up just as a safety it's thing. Security. So, like, don't worry. <laughs> uh, well, that's like, ah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but basically, you know, we're going to be making changes, not just for the sake of change. Right. We're going to be doing them. Every single change is going to be intentional. Every single change is going to be for a purpose. And the, the main purpose is actually just to, to do things well and do things with excellence. Yeah. So, um, and then we also have some, some really awesome things that we, um, sorry, sure. I'm just going to set this down. Yeah, sure. Um, who remembers the youth group when it was like booming? I mean, there were, there, at one point we were having like 100 kids a, a week. Yeah. And that is like amazing, especially for a community that's between an elementary school and a high school. Like, I mean, you got kids everywhere. Yeah. And so the amazing thing was, and this is actually in some ways proof of how excellence really draws people. When we redid the basement, mm-hmm. that was like an eye-opener to the community. And a it, magnet for kids. Exactly. Yeah. Because, because it was like, wow, this is really, really impressive. And, and, and you, didn't, you weren't embarrassed to invite people to come to this amazing room. And, you know, and we're, we had this facility that was like able to handle all this stuff. But as... as that faded out, people stopped, kids stopped coming, uh, and I think we did a really big job of promoting to, to young kids, yeah. to come, hey, we have this youth group, come, and I want to see that thriving again, I want to see the children's wing just full of kids, I remember when I was back there in kids' time, and <laughs> Kristen was kicking me out and all stuff, no, <laughs> I'm kidding, um, <laughs> he was a handful, 
Oh, yeah. You know. You've been in a youth group. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> it's so strange being an elder now and being like, I bet you guys, like, were, like, meeting about me. Like, I, Wes is causing trouble again. Like, and now I'm, like, meeting it with them. Like, this is weird. Um, anyways, um, I want to see that place just full of kids again. When I was When I was in kids' time, I remember we had at least... 40 kids, I don't know, maybe more. Um, and, and they were all different ages. You know, the, each room was full of different age groups of kids. And I want to see that again. Yeah. Uh, one of the problems we have, though, is that children's wing is the oldest section of the church, and it's literally falling apart. Like, it, like if you haven't been back there in a while, you should go back there Just and look through. at it. Yeah. It is kind of terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and um, one of the dreams we have is the coat closet, which used to be a coat closet. It's now just a room across from the Welcome Center. We want to knock that back wall out and have that be the big open entryway to the children's wing. Have this huge, sweet sign above it. Uh, You know, now the kids have to walk past the bathrooms to go back (laughs) to their classes. The first thing they see is the men's room. Yeah. (laughs) The first thing, we want to close that wall off and just have that be where the bathrooms are and then have the kids have a completely separate entrance. We want to just completely redo that whole wing. Um, basically, um, you know, make it really awesome for kids. It's like, you know, kids want to show up if, if it's sweet and kids bring parents. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what we're wanting. The other thing too is, um, we, in the welcome center here on this back wall where the coffee is, we want to make that, that a visitor center. Uh, basically we have a welcome center for information and we have a visitor center for people who are new, are new basically, who, who want more information about the church. Yeah. Um, who, who, but we, we also, we have this thing we're going to be doing called guest bags where if a new person comes, they get a guest bag and it has uh, really cool things, uh, with the church's logo or different things like, for instance, a mug with our name on it or things like that. Uh, basically to make people feel really welcomed and that we do things with excellence, that we cherish people who come to this church. Um, and then we'll move the coffee from there. And one of the other goals that we have is you guys know, so we have the courtyard out here, which is like the outside area kind of in the middle of the church. And then the room next to it is called the courtyard room. We want to knock the wall out that connects to this long hallway here. And we want to make that our Sunday morning cafe. These are a couple examples of what we want to do in that room. Basically we'd have tables, we'd have like um, chairs and a place to serve coffee. And that would actually be what we want to do, this is at least something that I really want to do, is I want to have, because I don't think, maybe they are, but I want to have scouts come and serve their coffee here on a Sunday morning. <laughs> and um, yeah. But basically what this takes is, is people being, you guys, being excited about what's possible. Yeah. And, and I just, uh, that's possible. Uh, Tell them about the courtyard now. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the other thing we wanted to do is the courtyard is basically unused. And what we want to do is we want to rip all the trees out and we want to put uh, like a rubber base at the bottom. And we want to actually make that the, the playground for the kids. Yeah. Uh, and we want to connect it to the kids' time room, right? So um, basically, because uh, it's kind of sketchy being out here, you know, like you don't want, you have to have somebody watching your kids and all that stuff. In, in here, you could be in the cafe drinking coffee while your kids are playing on the playground, uh, and you won't really need to worry about them because yeah, you can, they're well, right in the middle. Open that up where you can see them real well. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's a ton of things that we want to do and that we can do, but we just we need to 
um, grow, and, and, and we need to be excited about what's going on and what God's doing. And it's hard to be excited when you don't really know what we're thinking. So that's kind of what the purpose of this was. Um, but God loves doing a new thing. He loves, he loves, he's a God of new. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. That's Isaiah 48, I think. Isaiah 43, either one. It's one of the ones with the round. Anyways, so uh, he's doing something new here. And I think you guys should be super excited because I'm super, super excited. Um, I want to see the worship team grow. I want, as people come in to join this team, I want it to be full again. At one point, we had 21 people on the worship team back in 2011 or 10 or something like that. Uh, And half of them were people who were on the youth worship team. I want to see that again. The youth fuel what's going on up here. It's like a furnace. (laughs) It's like down there just kind of making this awesome. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome, bro. (laughs) Is that exciting? (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. So, so, uh, um, you know, one of the things I want to make you aware of too, is that, that, you know, we're not going to grow just through promotion. We still want to grow through our outreaches. Uh, we want to make those better. Uh, we, we still we want to we want to help you guys be better at inviting people to church because that's how churches grow is as people invite to, and uh, but also yeah, make we like, want to sorry make like invite cards that are like really nice that you yeah, can sweet. give to people yeah. and write things on you know what I mean like it's really easy to it's hard to invite somebody sometimes when there's nothing to give them yeah. but if you give them something that'll actually remind them to come yeah I think that would be really cool so that's Absolutely. like you know Lily's doing all this stuff she worked I mean all day yesterday almost the entire day on the new website and uh, <laughs> I like I left at like nine and she was working on it and then I came back at like five and she was still in the same spot working on it and I'm like oh man I'm so sorry <laughs> that's rough but um but she's doing all of like I don't know if you've seen the new welcome packets or anything like that she's done all of that she's not getting a dime yeah yeah exactly so um she's seriously done so much work for literally nothing so um and it's that's really difficult and so I I mean seriously doing the social stuff and actually printing it out and then sizing it and doing all this stuff it's so important but no one was able to do it before, and she's doing it, and she's yeah. doing an amazing job. So Amen. thanks yeah. Yeah, to thank my beautiful you. wife. Thank you. Yeah, so, so and we want to continue to do evangelism. We want to continue to do power evangelism where we're, we're actually praying for people to be healed out in you know, Walmart and places like that. And, and you know, one of the things that Wes and I are, are trying to do is model that. I mean, during the, the, the months where it's nice out, we'll, we'll go out for a couple hours a week and, and, and just, I mean, we... we been to Northridge Apartments, we've been up to the fire station, we've been to Mark of the Ridge, uh, and just, you know, praying for people, talking to people, uh, and, and we want to continue to do that, but we just want to kind of say, hey, you know, we, we feel like this is important, and we want to train you to do that stuff as well. I want to close with um, today's um, Jesus Calling, and then we're going to take our special offering to, uh, again, it's to to help offset the deficit, you know, it's, it's uh, $5,000, and uh, uh, I just wanted to tell you guys that last week someone heard about this, I couldn't be here today, gave us a check for $1,000, so, you know, we're, we're already, uh, you know, a fifth of the way towards that goal, um, but um, I just wanted to, as, as I put a wrap on this, I mean, this is kind of the bow on, on our presentation today. Uh, Jesus Calling, January 19th. I just think this is incredible that it's today. Seek my face. Come to me. Seek my face, and you will find more than you ever dreamed possible. Let me displace worry at the center of your being. 
I'm like a super, super saturated cloud showering peace into the pool of your mind. My nature is to bless. Your nature is to receive with thanksgiving. Isn't that great? This is a true fit designed before the foundation of the world. Glorify me by receiving my blessings gratefully. Again, it's him giving. It's, it's us coming to him and him giving. I am the goal of all your searching. When you seek me, you find me and are satisfied. When lesser goals capture your attention, I fade into the background of your life. I am still there, watching and waiting, but you function as if you were alone. Actually, my light shines on every situation you will face. Live radiantly by expanding your focus to include me in all your moments. Let nothing dampen your search for me. Let's seek the Lord this year. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.